episode is brought to you by Squash Clothing and Sugar Life. Welcome to the Overly Excited Podcast, hosted by Jack Watts and Dale Sidebottom. Two friends with a passion for life, learning... And all things that get them jumping out of their seats. <laughs> all right, everyone. Welcome back to the Overly Excited Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. I'm joined by the one and only Jack Watts. How are you, Jacko? Let's go, Sidey. Good, let's, mate. Good. Let's rock and roll. Now, we're very excited. Uh, not only... Two people that I've personally never met in person, but I've had so many interactions with. Uh, Shannon Kennedy, obviously a lifelong life coach, uh, to the stars, to everybody. Just released your eighth book, Absolute Superstar. We actually met at a TED Talk. You sat next to my mum, which is it's funny how things work. And Cole Callender, best friend, former CEO of Sports Girl, and now you two are joined together, elevating the world, new book out, doing treks all around the world, speaking on the biggest stages. So excited to have you here today. How are you both? Oh, we are pumped. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like, what an introduction. <laughs> Some resume. I'm just sitting what. here going, oh, wow. <laughs> um, so, no, we're awesome. We're pumped. We, we're really looking forward to chatting to both of you. Um, and having awesome conversation. Yeah, perfect. And we all normally do our podcasts, you know, via Zoom, and we've done a lot yeah, of those yep. prior. But I've got to say, we were super excited to come <laughs> here today in person because we knew how much energy we were going to get from the two of you, and that's what we love to soak up and take away. So we're wrapped to be here. We perfect. do find that we get a bit of a different energy when we're in person, don't we, Dale? Yeah, it's it's just, Zoom's great, mm. and don't get me wrong, but uh, there's nothing like face-to-face when you yeah. can actually get cues and get that energy in the room. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Zoom's open up the whole world, yeah. right? So we yeah. don't have to be in the same state or the same country and I think it's just been absolutely superb and podcasting has been superb for that too. Yeah. Um, but to be in person, it's yeah. just quite a different feeling yeah. again. It's like the old days. Yeah. When you <laughs> get the chance. Yeah. Winding back. Now, we love to start our podcast with what gets you jumping out of your seat excited? So, I don't know, Cole, Shana, who wants to start? But what just gets your blood boiling and just boom? Jumping out of your seat, Dale. Dale's intro. So. <laughs> Dale's intro. Wow, that's a that's a big first question. Um, I mean, there's so many things that get us excited. We were very excited yesterday, as we've just shown you our physical book arrived in yep. the mail. So we were jumping for joy then. I, I think for me, the whole leadership space is something that gets me very excited, and really bringing a new era of leadership into the world we live in today. And as you said, you know, I've been a CEO, past CEO of 13 years and led very differently. And so I think what gets me excited is people really embracing this new era of leadership, this leading with kindness, leading with empathy, Mm. um, really putting people at the heart of everything that they do. When people do that, that gets me really excited because I see what happens to people. I see how people grow and evolve and develop and start to do these amazing things that they didn't think they could do because someone has led them in a different way. So for me, leadership's probably my real superpower and my passion. Wow. Jeez, mm. I've, I've already got a bit to ask there. I'll tell you <laughs> what, because I guess, Cole, have you found like it's changed over the years from – just relating to my life, footy, leadership in that space, it was very, you know, authoritarian early days and I feel like it's certainly changed probably too late for me since I finished but people are realising that this day and age you can't just, you know, rule with a tough fist and, a, and you know, sort of hit slap people around a bit. It's more a bit of love, a bit of care. Did you find that throughout your career it changed a lot or...? Um, I think that I really... I was 
for me, a big part of that change, it wasn't things that I'd seen around me. I was seeing people lead in the way you're talking about, Jack, which is I'm the boss, you do as I say, this is how it's done, you turn up at this time. And I just came into it very differently from a very young age. I was always very intrigued by the way people behave, good, bad, um, collaboration, fear, mm. all of these sort of mixed things. And so for me, I, I wanted to be the change that I wanted to see. And I think that's the way I've always led my life is be the change you want to see tomorrow. It has to start with you. Yep. And so, but yes, there has been an incredible change. There are many more people jumping on that bus. Mm. Um, we need a lot more jumping on that bus because that is really where true leadership happens. Yep. And um, you know, I always say you can be an incredible visionary, but if you're not a person that people choose to follow, it doesn't matter how great your vision is. It doesn't matter how good you are as a strategist or a, a financial person. If you're not someone people want to follow, you have lost the game before mm. you've even started. Mm. Yeah, mm. so true. And I think uh, particularly, Shana, you would have seen this a lot. I know you've been, um, you worked for, I'm going to get this wrong, was it the sunglasses Ballet. Ballet. I knew it was, I was going with Oakley or something. I knew it was ballet. So you work there, obviously, with high-up athletes and everything like that. And for a long time, over 20 years, you've been a life coach. And so the things and messages you're bringing across are exactly what Cole is talking about and what we want the world to be. Um, does it make you just refreshed and happy to see so many people adapting that now and realising that that's the way people react, that they really, when you get on board and that human connection or relationship is so important? Yeah, well, we, we think we're both actually quite thought-leading because, you know, I was a coach when no one was a coach, you know, and people looked at me and said, why would you leave your Jerry Maguire job of, <laughs> you know, buying and selling athletes and watching sport to be a coach and coach them into retirement? And my passion was athletes not having a life plan. Who are you without your job? And that that sentence, who are you without your job, it fires me up. Mm. It fires me up like... People getting out of the passenger seat of life and into the driver's seat and really connecting with who am I, where am I going and how am I going to get there and really I need to take responsibility for my life. It's no one else's fault. I can't rely on anyone else. Um, and then working with Cole, you know, um, I was her coach for 10 years and then coached her leadership team and she was a leader I'd never seen before because she invested in her team, she invested in herself and I was like, this is awesome. I mean... Tony Robbins has a coach, you know, why doesn't everyone else have a coach? And I also get myself coached um, occasionally as well because the coach needs a coach. And really having people wanting to elevate, which is why we called our book that, is really about we can all fine-tune ourselves every year of our life and that fires me up because we all have the um, adaptability and possibility to change every mm. single year as soon as we put the spotlight on ourselves. Mm, it's, it's a it's a journey isn't it it's we're always learning i think it's also interesting obviously coaching athletes and just how much i've seen it and i've been an athlete myself come out of the game and and it is quite tough when you don't have a plan or you don't really know what you're doing or as an athlete you've put 15 years into one thing and then you come out and all your friends are sort of 15 years ahead of you in the business game and you're starting from scratch and mm. if you haven't really thought about it or if you haven't had any help or coaching or have a plan, it can really throw you off and throw your life into a bit of a, a shambles really. So, Well, I started that 20-something years mm. ago um, where there was no plan. Yeah. And really athletes, it was do your sport and then we don't want to see you as soon as you're retired. Yeah. And so I saw the very dark side of life when you don't have a plan and you don't know who you are without your job or your sport. Mm. 
And so I became very passionate about catching those people, mm. except I was too early for my time. You know, footy clubs are like, go away, we just want to burn and churn. <laughs> you know, like, like we don't care what Number happens one, to yeah. them. Yeah, right over there. See you later. Right? <laughs> See you, Jack. See you, Jack. Um, so for me, I was so passionate about, well, what, what about Jack's next chapter in life and who's going to help him? And I go, no, we don't offer any help. See you later. Mm. So I was really passionate about that. Mm. And because I had already looked after a couple of hundred athletes at Volley, I had an instant business to really open for myself. I saw the gap in the market. But then it turned very corporate and then it turned into everyday humans. We all need a life plan and everybody Mm -hmm. needs to really think about their 10-year-old self and think about what should I be doing today to serve that person and really helping young people I'm very passionate Mm -hmm. about um, because we just don't get taught that stuff at Mm -hmm. school. Yeah, we don't. And I think we're so, particularly schools, nothing, I was was a teacher, it's all about your career and where you go. And essentially like you, Jack, you know, like it's not about how you get there, the journey, enjoy Mm. it. Are you passionate about what you're doing? It's about what subjects are you doing to Mm. get into that uni degree or to to get where you want to go. That's not life. Like no one cares about your ATA end of score now. Like, and I know, Cole, you didn't go to university and and I love this because everyone's told that's the be all and end all, that you have to get a score. So they see, and this is, and this is the thing, you know, so many people got huge hex debts and they end up doing a course they don't like because they've been told that's what you've got to do. It's the only way you get there. Do you think that's changing or you do a bit of mavericks in that aspect of where you've got, because so many people think to get where you've both come from, you need a degree. Is that something you've always sort of been fighting with, Cole? I, I think if I sort of wind back to when I finished school at the age of 16, that's when I left school. For me, it wasn't that I didn't like school. I loved the social aspect of school. <laughs> um, I, was, I was pretty good at school. Um, but for me, I was just a bit bored. I yeah. was just like, I, I, my father was a, you know, I sat there watching my father have business meetings at the table. Um, you know, he was a, a concreter, a builder, came out from Italy with nothing and I watched him and how he built a business and I was more intrigued with that and I was more intrigued with their interactions of why they interacted like that and what did money do and what were rents and what was turnover. That was what really fired me up. So for me, I, I just found school a bit boring. So I just wanted to get into the business world. But I don't even know if I thought about it like that. I just started on the shop floor at Just Jeans as my casual job and I just loved it. I'm like, this is business and people all together. Oh, my God, this is my perfect world here. <laughs> and, you know, of course, my story, as you know, is yep. at the end of that year, they offered me a full-time job and I then had this task of telling my parents I wasn't going back to school. That was a bit boring. Uh, I wanted to go into the business world. I wanted to – I had pot- and they said, I've got potential. Don't you worry about me. I've got potential. <laughs> and so, you know, I won that battle and started on the shop floor and, and worked my way up and – I remember the words my father said to me were, work hard, love what you do, be passionate and never give up. And that was the best education I could ever have. Mm. Um, They were the words that really stuck with me throughout my journey and still stick with me today. And, you know, that work hard and that passion, I think are the really important things. Um, Find what you're passionate about. As you said, we don't talk a lot about that, you Mm. know. Uh, We don't talk about people's values. So I think... I think it's changing. I think people, you know, there's people doing amazing, young entrepreneurs doing amazing things, startup businesses, 
um, thinking about the world differently. You know, there are certain jobs you need degrees for, right? We wouldn't want someone operating on us in a theatre if they didn't have a proper medical degree, right? But there are just these incredible humans that their brains are working very differently today. And I think that's the really exciting part of the next generation is they look at the world very differently to the very conform world that we were told we had to, you know, take mm. certain steps to get ahead in life and this is what you had to do. They are breaking the mould and I think that is so, so exciting. Yeah. Mm. I think we broke the mould too because, mm. you know, we didn't go to uni and mm. all of our friends went to university and we're like, oh, no, we, we, we just want to go to work. Mm. So, you know, even with our own children, we've got five kids between us. You know, we haven't said you Sounds have like to go we're to uni. And have children. <laughs> it's like we're like, I know we're a package deal, but that's <laughs> going to take it to a whole new level. Just the last time between we Between us, we've got five. Five kids between, between us. us. Between us. And we've got, we got two husbands as well. <laughs> we don't share those. We don't share them. No, there is a line that we don't cross. We we're might not, sometimes share the kids, judging. but not the husbands. We're not judging you. We're that's not. right. Very open minded. 2023. Oh, elevate however you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we don't put pressure on them and say, oh, you know, you've got to get that ATAR and you've got to go to uni. And I know, um, you know, our kids, you know, my son went to uni for three weeks and said, this is not for me. And I'm like, great. So you're like, don't get a head, mm. hex debt, off you go to work. And same, you've got some that at uni and not at uni. And yeah. I think it's about fostering, trying to help them find what makes your heart sing and what mm. gives you passion? And it might take them five years to find that, ten years, who knows? Um, but I think it's about not putting that expectation on them. Yeah, I find it interesting like that certainly when I was at school, that sort of stigma with leaving school early and, oh, they must not be smart or they must not be this. Yeah. But a lot of my mates that left in year nine and went and got a trade or they are so far ahead in life now and they are just cruising. It's like they could almost retire because they've started their plumbing business or they've already started their building company and, mm. you know, like you look back on it and I sort of think, shit, if you could get – the earlier you get into your passion or yes. what you find that, you know, you're good at and you love, the f it's just like compounding interest, isn't it? The earlier mm. you get into it, the, more, the better off you are down the track. So yeah. – yeah, a lot of those guys are flying, but at the time it was like, oh, what are they doing? You know, they're, you know, but. And they stuck with it, mm. right? So they didn't change jobs every three years. They mm. stuck with something and they've, you know, had their compounding mm. build and now they're in a really great position. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. when you're passionate, it doesn't feel like you're going to work, right? You know, I got up every day as a CEO and absolutely love what I did. Mm. Didn't feel like it was a grind that I had to turn up. It was like this is, this just every day is just unbelievable mm. unbelievable to be able to lead a team and we're the same we get up every day and we're excited mm. you know we just love we just every day say hey how grateful we are to be able to get up and do this together and it doesn't feel like a job it feels like we're now sharing our passion with the mm. world so i think when you're passionate about something life is very easy and that probably so doesn't mean that you didn't have any tough days or any tough nights where you're going shit that's a long day of work but you that passion takes you through those t hard times right. and yeah yeah what do you now i get this a lot like people go oh, Dale, you're lucky you you know what you want to do and yeah i'd say it's lucky or not but like you too and jack i've made this life because i've put in what i want for people that don't know what they want to do or are still sort of searching and things like that what advice do you give to them because i always find that not it's not hard to empathize with them but because i'm quite driven i know you both are as well that 
it, it, I don't know, it's like some people just sort of give up because it's hard or they don't want to know. They don't want to try something in case they're scared of failing or being judged. I don't know, what advice do you give for those sort of people that are, I don't know, aren't as passionate or as lucky to get up each day and go, geez, life's good? Well, I think this is a bit of a problem because people think, you know, I've got to find my passion. Mm. Well, what I do when we coach people is turn the spotlight back around and say, just be passionate about yourself, your day, your habits. Start with your own set Mm. of values. They're your KPIs for the day. And every day you can elevate just one little habit at a time. And when you become really passionate about living your own values, other things happen where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if you're constantly searching for a passion on external, we know happiness is an inside job. Mm, yes. It is not outside. <laughs> no. So really when people get like that and a bit stressed about that, I say let's look inside. We've got to find passion about you, about um, having a great relationship with yourself, you know, a really mentally healthy one, um, finding habits that you love and being curious about life and trying different things and a passion may come but a lot of people will go through their whole life not knowing mm. a external passion and that's okay. Mm. It's okay. It's fine. We can just live for our values and one of ours is health mm. and health is mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. There's a job for the rest of your life to become passionate about, to go and learn about, to go and read about, to go and do courses about, to listen to podcasts about um, and that feeds a passion. So when you get curious, you start feeding a passion and creating a passion. Ooh. I love that so much because, like, I find it hard to a lot of you know find your passion and go and, and you know do that. And I feel like my mind straight away goes to like, oh my, what work, what job can I get that I'm passionate? You are not about? your job, but exactly, it's mm-hmm. like work on yourself. And I, you know, I'm certainly no angel, and I've had my ups and downs. And you know, it's like as soon as you I go through, you know, different stages of loving myself and hating myself and this and that. As soon as you're in a good spot with yourself and, as you said, like your relationship with yourself and I'm doing all the right things and I'm being healthy and I'm sort of um, committing to what I say I'm going to do and I'm not letting down other people because I'm not hungover, I'm not this or I'm not, you know, all of a sudden other things open up, don't they, and you feel so much better in life, you're, you know, um, I always yeah. say if you feel lost, go and master the basics. Mm. Eat, move, sleep and yes. breathe. Just go back to the basics but become a master mm. of them because when you put the spotlight on that and you've got something to focus on, yeah. um, your sense of, oh, I feel a bit lost or a bit down or a bit stuck changes because you can make change every day. You've got purpose every day mm. then to get up and say, well, how can I get a bit stronger? How can I sleep a bit better? How can I move the phone out of the bedroom, you know? Mm. How can I eat a little bit better or, you know, what habit do I want to change? And a lot of our book is about asking yourself every day, what can I stop doing Mm. that is no longer serving me? Mm. And what could I start doing that's going to add to my life and what do I want to keep doing that's already working? So when you treat yourself like an athlete of life, Mm. an athlete of life for your whole journey and life is a marathon – we get to do these little stop check-ins, changing, pop the bonnet, move things around, fine-tune ourselves, I think then you really can be happy mm. because it's it's on you. Externally, we want to love our job. We love our job. We're very lucky that we love our job. Mm. But, 
you know, we fell into it. We didn't sit there and go, I need to find a job I love. Mm-hmm. It was actually about just trying things mm-hmm. and um, seeing where it led. Mm. We talk about all roads lead to self. And I think we're often as humans looking outside mm. for validation, for someone to help us with our leadership, for someone to build confidence. But that actually starts with self. Mm. We have to start with all of those things like what are our boundaries, what are our structures, how are we living in line with our values, um, how am I building that confidence muscle, how am I talking to myself every day like my best friend or not. And so we actually say to everyone, as soon as you work on yourself, as soon as you build those foundations of your house, which is yourself, your values and your purpose, you've got a foundation that you can build a strong house upon. We cannot build a house on shaky grounds, Mm. right? If we don't build solid foundations for our house and we build a house, it's not going to be standing for too long. Mm. So we need to make sure those foundations are so solid for ourselves. And when they are, all of a sudden we start to say, wow, all of these opportunities are all of a sudden coming up or people are, you know, Mm. reaching out to me for this. It's because of your self-awareness. It's because of your self-management. It's because of your self-leadership. And the whole premise around the book Elevate is it's all about you. That book can be you don't have to be a career woman, an entrepreneur. You can be a student, a mother, a footballer, an ex-footballer, a teacher. You can be any person you like because that book is about you. It's about putting the work in and it's about self. So that's the really exciting thing. Why don't we learn that at school? Oh, now that's a great question. Why do we not learn this stuff at school that will equip you to go into the big world with just a few of the basic fundamentals? Do you think think they're getting better at it? I think they're trying. Mm. Um, They're trying, There's a lot of people doing particularly what I do now that are going in and doing it. And I think we're more aware now, but Mm. I think, the, it's just changing. Now there are other things coming in and it's not about that. It's more around, you know, your stress, anxiety and pressure because we we know too much, I think, now and we may overshare. I, I don't know. But what it, you're doing is great because you're planting seeds. Correct. And we need to hear it ten times before it sinks yeah. in, right? So if you're planting the seeds um, at schools already, that's just gold. That's fantastic because when they get into the world, then they're hearing it again at a conference or from a boss or from a speaker coming into the work. But you're starting that seed and it's really important. It's almost like imagine if you had a subject where it was, you know, life coaching or self-development. It is sort of coming in. It it is Is coming in. And I think people are realising now if COVID's done, like what we're saying, we're able to be in a room again, you really do appreciate that. But also I think now we're realising the importance of looking after yourself. I think today's World Kindness Day and I get people ask all the time, oh, how do you be kind to other people? I said, well, stop right there. You cannot be kind to anyone until you're kind to yourself first. And I know that's exactly what Elevate is all about. And like you just said, no one is going to do anything for you. If you want to elevate any aspect of your life, you need to do it for yourself. So let's talk about this because I know, Cole, you've come from leading thousands of people, like massive job, crazy. Shadi, you've done a lot of work by yourself. How refreshing is it to be two passionate individuals creating something epic together? What does that feel like? And I know you've got your book in the mail, but mm. how good must that feel? Well, it's shared experience, yes. right? Yep. So well, I've got someone to high five every day now. So when you are a solo operator, which I've been for 20 years, um, you know, working with my clients and, and it's great and they go off and their life's amazing, etc. But when you're building a business and having shared experiences with someone and you're on stage and you get off stage, you're not alone anymore, you're sharing it. I don't know, it's soul nourishing, you know, mm-hmm. to share your experiences like that. 
Um, so for me, I've had such a different life to Cole because I've been sitting in the same room for 20 years coaching people, mm. whereas she's been out and about and all the stores and travelling the world on buying trips. That wasn't the case for me. Um, but even our walking trips around the world, so we take women walking around the world and we coach them while we walk, um, that's a shared experience that it's just in your heart then forever, yep. you know. It's, it's interesting. I've, I reckon we spoke about it. You obviously, you know, being on your own, working for yourself and that it's hard to get that joy yeah. and, yeah. yeah, passion when you're working your ass off and then no one else actually understands what you're doing, even, if you're, you know, your wife or your um, your partner talking to them and tr- like they don't have a full understanding of what you're going through when you're travelling over oh, there. Can I just say um, this book went on the table mm. and our kids walked past it and they went, oh, nice. <laughs> and kept walking. kept walking. We're like, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and then we do this. We're all good. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> because you know what? No one else is thinking about you. Mm. And yeah. it's a really big thing for young people to understand is no one's sitting on their couch at the moment thinking about you mm. or devising how they're going to help you or whatever. It really is a solo journey and the relationship that you have with yourself, we think, is first and foremost. Mm. And the more that we learn these skills, um, you know, the happier your life will be. But then also I guess that, as you just said, how special that shared experience is, um, you know, the the more you can get your sort of your close-knit little mm. crew around you and because that's sort of I guess maybe that's something for me to work on is being able to be on my own and and sort of because I struggle with that. I love having people around. I love all my friends and I so I get a bit like, you know, I've never lived on my own because that scares me, you know, mm. being on my own with, mm. with so nothing to do. So doing what Sharon and myself do would scare the crap out of We understand you. I have yeah. children who are 26, 25 and 18 and one of my children in particular cannot be on their own yeah. ever. And, you know, that's because they're that extroverted kind mm. of personality, which is what actually it, people energise you, right? Mm. That's what you love, where yeah. if you're more on the introvert side, you need to be sort of sitting back and filling up your tank. And we have husbands that are very extroverted, mm. where we're the opposite. Mm. So mm. we always need to find that balance of yeah. how much do we want to go hard and how much do we need to fill up the tank. Yeah. So, you know, it's a really interesting thing. But when you know yourself again, as Shen is saying, and do that work, you know how to balance that mm. out. You know, it's Sometimes we have this, you know, we've both been through burnout. I had burnout in 2007 when I was at Sports Girl and Shanna still lives with chronic fatigue today. Mm. And so we've really learnt the skills of how to keep that tank full Mm. and what does that, you know, life imbalance look like. And it's different for everyone, Mm. right? But it's about just understanding that self-awareness again. But for someone like you, Jack, you know, it's awesome that you know that. Mm. So you do need people Mm. and you need a couple of really great people Mm. um, and that's what what you need. Mm. And that's self-awareness, whereas we don't need that. But if you need that, that's awesome. Like my husband cannot be alone in the house for one second. He's inviting people over. Yeah. Like, like we go away. Oh, it's boys' night, card night, anything. House is open, fires on. Because he he's just an extrovert mm. like that. He needs people. He feeds off people, and he doesn't like being in the house by himself. Even though it's our home, we've lived in for twenty years. <laughs> but if you know yourself, and Nick's the same, isn't mm. he? Mm. They are people, people, mm. um, and that's awesome. But they just they just have to know what they need to do for themselves and I need time out. I need to go and hibernate, you know. And, and then at the same time I think as I've gotten a bit older 
I realized that I can actually get a lot out of, you know, trying to just stop for one second. I, I think like I just get stuff organized all the time. I fill my calendar and then eventually I get to that point where I'm like, fuck, I can't be bothered to go and do this. Or, yeah. But I've said yes two weeks ago. Because, because you were too scared to have empty yes. space. Exactly, yes. yeah. exactly. But then I get to a point where I'm just like, oh, my God, I just need a day or two days to do my washing. And yeah. But then I'll get those two days and then halfway into the first day I'm going, oh, sure, just message oh. me. Like, oh, <laughs> You know, like, Are you a big people pleaser as well? Massive. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so you're just going to say yes because that yeah. makes you feel great. Yeah. It validates you. Yes. And I'm a I'm a big people pleaser as well. Mm. Yes, 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 mm. yes. And so I have to be really balanced mm. about I really, I really need to say no to that. I'm I know not. it's not and gonna I'm serve not. me. And Shanna's not. So it's a good balance. Shanna will go, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. No, no, we're saying no. Yeah. No, no. So I think it's um but you know, I think to it doesn't really matter about whether you're introverted, extroverted, people pleaser, I think one of the really big things that we've found and probably this next part of our journey together is surround yourself with people that really care about you. Surround mm. yourself with your cheer squad because there are going to be people in your life, no matter where you are in your life, that are going to want to see you fail, want to see you fall over, um, want to see you make a fool of yourself. And They won't say that but, you know. But there quiet. are, yeah. right? But when you surround yourself with your really key network of people, your real true cheer squad, when you fall over, because we're all going to fall over and we all have fallen over, they're the ones that are going to be there for mm. you. So mm. I think that's a really important thing is to have those those right people around you mm. as you mm. journey through life. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the hardest thing. You, know, it's, you two have obviously been mavericks in your space and you still are now and progressing so far and you've obviously proven everybody wrong. That oh, we're, just, we're just beginning. Oh, I know you yeah, are. This is, our best, this is going to be our best decade. Can you not tell? That's why I love it and I feed off. That's why I really enjoy obviously mm. having talking to both of you yeah. because I'm like, you have lived it, you have done it. How hard was it though when you were starting out and I'm past this now, like yeah. I don't care what people think, but so many people are starting out, you know, people always say, oh, it's all right, you can go back and teach or your job will be there. Or like I know sometimes they're trying to be nice and they're trying to do the right thing, but it's the last thing you need to hear. Yeah. I know some oh. people want CFL, some people want to try and help you, some don't. What's some advice for people out there? Because people want to try new things and put themselves out there, but always the people you think may be in your corner, they're probably the ones that aren't in your corner sometimes, mm. and that can be really challenging. Yeah. Well, mine was horrific because 23 years ago, no one had ever heard of the word life coach. Mm. So it was new. And it was like weird. And is that Byron Bay hippie or what, what the <laughs> yeah. hell is a life coach? And I'm like, well, it's like having a personal trainer for your life. You know, I had to – there was no elevator pitch for it. There mm. was nothing. And um, my own coach said, you need to go and walk down Hampton Street into every shop and say, hi, I'm a life coach. Do you know what that is? Jeez. And practice. That would mean scary. In, oh. I'm 30 years old. It was horrific. Mm. And oh. she said, I want you to love – failure, rejection, hard conversations and it was it was horrible and my husband said it doesn't matter if you don't get any work in two years you have to go back to work because we need to raise a family. Yeah, yeah. So he said I'm giving you two years grace so you can leave your corporate job, go and earn zero and go and slaughter yourself and in two years you can go back to work and you can always w go to witchery and fold some clothes. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> right? So I was like okay but I had nobody. Yeah. There nobody. There was no other coaches. I was the first qualified coach in Melbourne um, to go through the International Coaching Federation um, qualification. So it was a really scary thing. Mm. Um, the athletes that I knew, though, 
Um, I'd already been coaching them for a long time. Subconsciously, they were always in my office telling me about their life and I was always just naturally talking to them about life after sport. So I sort of had success there but then talking about it outside of that circle was just hell. It was really hell and I just Mm. said, just do one day at a time, just keep pushing, keep trying and eventually I just, you know, when I wrote my first book, um, (laughs) I said I want a Donna Hay cookbook. Because I love Donna Hay cooking, and Don't I loved, yeah, because right? <laughs> I loved, loved her like the look and feel. I said I want pictures with life skills, and everyone was like, "Oh no, you've gone too far." And um, there were all the books on the shelf were just boring, and and um, I couldn't read them because I wasn't very good at school. I did pass school, but I wasn't very good, and I couldn't read a book. I was like, "It's too heavy. It's too much." I don't like it. I need pictures. So we made the very first um, self-help book with pictures, mm. which went nutso. Yeah. And it was just me by chance self-publishing first myself with pictures and then taking it to Penguin into the cookbook department and they took a risk and a chance. So I always say just just keep putting one foot in front of the other and it will be uncomfortable. And there was a... Um, Louise Hay always said, um, she's now passed away, but she was the the mother of self-help. And she always said, the minute you're uncomfortable, it means you're growing. Mm -hmm. So get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. And I wrote it on my mirror. Mm. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I really just leant into that um, on my own. And, Mm. yeah, it was a really tough journey for Mm. for a while. Mm. But, um, you know, now it's paid off. Yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, now I've got a business, a swimwear business, so interested to delve into that at some stage. But um, I'm in sales and it's sort of a similar sort of thing. It's just, you know, you're calling up, you're going in to see, you know, people that and you're failing all the time. You're getting told no, 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 but you've got to be comfortable with that and keep knocking the door down. 20 no's to one yes. And what's the worst thing that collects the no's? What's the worst thing they can say? No. I haven't, you know done anything we always talk about the willingness to try Mm. you know when we try something new we either succeed or fail or somewhere in between Mm. right you get the yes you get the no you might get the maybe in your case right but until we do that until we put ourselves out there until we step out of our comfort zone we're never going to know right it's all about that confidence building the more knockbacks you get the more confident you are when you get the knockback the first time it's like oh like a stab to your heart right (laughs) we get them all the time we get them all the time you know we just go oh cool we get up and keep going, you know, because yeah. we know that there will be a yes at some mm. point, just like there will be a yes for you at some point. Mm. So uh, I would say to anyone who's starting a new business or thinking about doing something different in their career, just try. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen? It doesn't matter. It try. is bloody tough though, isn't it? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. even, I'm, I'm, it's not I'm personal. extroverted, but I take things yes, so personal. It's not personal. And <laughs> I, like, if I'm not ready to go and have everything lined up. You know, we've spoken about this with the podcast as well. I was like so nervous starting it out. I just didn't want to start. So I just I want... released it. We're done. We're mm. on. That's right. Yeah. Just, just start. Because I'm like, oh, what if it's not perfect? And, we're, <laughs> and, you know, and so it's the same, like calling up someone that I don't, you know, yeah. whoever it is, you know, Maya, head buyer or something. It's like, what if I don't know enough about them or if I get a question wrong? And, but the more you do it, the better you get. You're always, you know, the more and confident. You're never perfect on day one, are you? It's no. you got to keep. Well, going, we're in going. our fifties yeah. and we're still learning. Exactly. So you know, it's a great way to put just, it. Just just be mm. open to learning. You yeah. never know, and you're never great at anything. Yeah. You just keep learning. You keep evolving. And that um, honesty, I think, as a you know, what I've found anyway, because I've I came out of footy, and it's not as if I'm, you know, 
I've been through retail and know it, like I'm still pretty raw with it all. But yeah. I find if I'm just honest with them, that comes that sort of trait yes. comes across and is quite endearing and and you know they see that as okay, he's not trying to screw me around or yeah. um, well, you're building connection. And I yeah. think the narrative needs to change. And I'm sure you two are like this. So we talk about gratitude walls and things like that. Amazing. Share positive things. Just brought out this thing called a vulnerability wall. So a wall of failures. So we place things on there we've tried that haven't worked. So instead of it being a negative, now we celebrate it because we've tried something. And this is something that I'm trying to get into schools because, you know, teachers can lead by example. Students can too. So by the time they leave school, it's not like, oh, I don't want to try something because I'm scared of failing. Now they celebrate it because that's how we learn and grow. Absolutely. And we just need to change that conversation because that's the problem. The story we've been told is you can't fail. If it doesn't work, it looks negative on you, but it's mm. not. That yes. narrative is flipped around. It's positive. Yeah. And I also think yeah. it's about creating spaces. Like if you talk about the school environment or if I talk about my sports girl environment, it's about creating spaces where people can take risks and people can try things, right? And I would always talk about it as the circle of safety. I created this environment where people felt safe, where they felt connected, where they felt supported, where they felt um, that they could take risks. Now, that doesn't mean there was no accountability and we didn't expect high performance, right? We expected all of that. But when you create those circles, that's where magic <clears throat> happens. That's where people go, I'm going to take that risk and that might just pay off and you might just get some gold nugget come out of that or they might take the risk and they fail. Yeah. That's okay because in the circle of safety, people are going to pick you up again. They're not going to throw you under the bus. When you do that in a school, in, in your own home with your children, in a corporate environment, mm. it is unbelievable what magic comes out of that. So Because they feel so that. True. They feel the ownership and part of it and being – I remember like reading Richard Branson's book a while ago and that was the same thing, you know. Mm. And once you make – it's like anything, I think, is once you give someone, you know, that feeling of like I'm involved here, I'm not just yeah. one of the cogs in the wheel, I'm actually, you know, Part of this. and value, yeah. Yeah. then, you know, that's exactly what you yeah. say. That's when great things happen. And also, it? like, Jack, I can tell you I have been in fetal position in the toilets in corporate buildings mm. ringing my husband saying, I, I can't mm. get out there. There are 200 men sitting in there in suits and I'm Shanna from Hampton, a housewife. He goes, no, you're not. You're not. Just go out there. No, I'm trying to vomit in the toilet. <laughs> and it's like, like the fear that yeah. used to grip me because I'm not a public speaker and all of a sudden I got booked to do this national tour and I was freaking out and he's going, God, just go, just try it. And um, I remember so bad the pain in my stomach mm. and... What I did was really learnt about role modelling and pretending I was someone else. Mm. So I was like, who can I be? Oh, Sarah Murdoch, she looks really good. I've seen her walk on stage. I'll just be her. <laughs> so I'd walk on pretending I was her. I wasn't even me till I held the lectern and started and then I turned into me and it was fine. But really thinking about the tools. But, you know, if you have a coach and you've got someone to celebrate with mm. and someone to say it's okay if you feel sick, just feel sick and feel... Th Feel the fear and do it anyway, yeah. and go and get the 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 no. Yeah, go and collect twenty no's for me, and that's okay, and, and that's and fine. That's fine. And that's, yeah, and because when you're doing it for someone else, they give you permission. It's right. So mm. when we used to I used to coach a lot of footballers, and they say, "Oh, we're going to the function tonight, and it's so boring," and we all stand in the corner. I'm like, "Okay, your job for me is to go and get five business cards mm. from the corporate people there because they're going to catch you at the end." Mm. 
Oh, I don't know what to say. Okay, I'll give you two questions and just I'll go and ask them and start a quarterly newsletter. And mm. But it was because they were doing it for me, not themselves, that they got to build some confidence mm. in a different way until they felt confident to do it themselves mm. or, yeah. or get rejected themselves. And you give them a bit of structure and a, something to sort of follow, yeah. Yeah. How, how much, um, like when you're coaching... How much of it is is friendship and sort of being there as a as a friend, or compared to you know being that sort of someone to to pull the reins or to mm. guide? I guess mm. is that hard? Is it hard? And is that a tough sort of balance? Because I've always found my best coaches as such have always been people that I you know get along that sort of mm. I don't see as like way up here and me down here it's sort of like a collaborative mm. thing mm. but at the same time maybe other people might need that sort of figure to you know mm. whatever it might be mm, it's an interesting one i think it's a little bit about we're not your friend for a mm. start like your coach is actually not your friend mm. but what happened here then <laughs> well, yeah, no. We became friends. Sorry, that was funny news. I'm thinking, what's going on here? <laughs> but you we got were five friends. Kids <laughs> you. Yeah. And our <laughs> husbands. Two husbands. Who have a bromance, by the way. Our yeah. husbands have a bromance. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. about being um, strategic, mm. right? So you want your client to succeed and you really want to help them either dump on you or you're going to be the listening ear or you're going to give them a different way of thinking and reframing or try this or this is the mindset moving forward so we don't give you the answers your friends would give you Mm. or your family would give you we're actually neutral and we're really being strategic about you know go and collect 20 no's for me i mean the friend's never going to say that but i'm being your friend by actually telling you that and your parents aren't going to say that so it's it's about we're being your silent business partner yeah. who is on your side, yeah. who is your cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's a friend who is focused on your best interests. On other on not yeah. Your best it, interests. It's it like is. a psychologist when you when I go and see a psych, it's like they don't have all those preconceived you know no. perceptions of who I'm talking about or what I'm or the people I'm saying or or even me. It's like they see they hear what I say and they sort of give their opinion on that mm. with no biases. When I started or... with Cole, she was like fully burnt out. Mm. So it was about what are your values, you know, what's important to you and how are you going to structure that and what changes are you going to make? And mm. and then it was strategizing about staff and about how she wanted to lead and what she wanted to be known for and what was her legacy and mm. it's just different conversation. Mm. Yeah, I think it's to, to your question, Jack, I think um, – like if I think as a CEO, for me, what what did that relationship look like with, you know, my mm. 80 people in head office and then, you know, a couple of thousand out in stores? And I always said that I, I was never big on hierarchy, but you have to have hierarchy mm. in a business because otherwise decisions get made that potentially might be a bit detrimental. But for me, I always thought about it as a true human connection. Mm. So yes, I was the leader of that business, but I always wanted to create a place where my kids would be happy to turn up to and I'd want them to turn up to. I wanted to have relationships with my team where they knew exactly where they stood. They knew exactly what the accountabilities were. They were very clear on their job description because that's half the problem these days. People don't know what's expected of them. Uh, and then they get in trouble or reprimanded because they haven't done the job. They didn't know what it was in the first place. <laughs> um, so for me, it was always about those things, making making it really clear what was expected of them. 
um, giving them feedback on the journey, um, setting high expectations because people want to be pushed out of their comfort zone. That's where we get results and that's where they grow. But really have empathy and kindness when you do that and compassion for people. So really understand maybe what they're going through as well. And if their performance is down, you've been a really great performer. Now all of a sudden you're not performing. What's going on? You know, what's going on? There's something else here because you're a high flyer. So I think it's about true human connection. No matter where you are on the hierarchy, when you build that connection with people above you, below you, I think that's the really important thing is it's not about, you know, it's not about a title. Um, I I always say you don't need a title to be a leader. We have the ability every day to lead through every action, reaction, interaction and every discussion that we have with another human being. So when you take that leadership hat away and think, yeah, I'm the leader, but I actually am more than that. um, I think that's that's the real magic again. That's where you start to get a lot of sort of success and synergy. I think it gets lonely at the top too, right? So it gets lonely Mm. in your business. I think even if you have your own small business, it gets a bit lonely. And, you know, I get a coach because I get lonely um, and it's not my husband's job to, you know, support that. And Mm. you at the top, a CEO, who can she talk to about her staff, Mm. about what's happening? She can't talk to anybody. So having the coach is actually the debrief. It's you know, having a strategic plan. It's me going, well, I don't think that. Why are you thinking that? Why are you saying that? Because I see it differently. Um, so I think it's really important for people to have that kind of support as well. Mm. I couldn't, like, the human connection, like, I, I sort of feel like that's pre- quite rare though in, in a position like that, right, a CEO of a huge company. You know, how many of them see it as it's dollar signs and, you know, mm. it's – I totally agree and I, I'm on that – you know, bandwagon big time because I feel like as an employee or as any, as soon as I feel like you actually care about me, mm-hmm. you genuinely care about me, I'll do anything for you. You know, yeah. like I'll stay back late because I'm like, she'd do the same for me. She, whereas, you know, I, I find, and something I've found interesting in, in business in general is like that lack of, of care yeah, and passion. you know yeah. it's ruthless and yeah. i'm like this big lovable soft yeah. teddy bear and i'm going out there just getting <laughs> eaten up it's like, like and i sort of feel like oh yeah does anyone actually treat people well in business does anyone actually like You've every meeting a few times every meeting i told you she be, was rare embrace that yeah. be the change that you want to see yeah. right that's what i said earlier i have a bit of a weird brain i think because i think of things i turn it a bit upside down and inside out so most leaders would start every or ceo would start every meeting with let's talk about profit yeah. right how much do we Sales need to make how much do we need to make this season to get our profit i'd always start with what are our values What's our purpose? That would be every meeting, mm. you know, strategic meeting. So I tip things upside down a little bit. So purpose is all, uh, sorry, what the profit, profit is, yeah, profit's <laughs> always going to be the outcome, right? We all need to run successful businesses. So don't get me wrong, I was there to drive profit and, yeah. you know, had, was two of the most successful uh, businesses in the country at the time, right? But my thing was people with purpose and passion equals profit, mm. not the other way around. So I always thought about the people, what were their purpose, were they passionate about it? And when all of those three things start to roll up together, then that's where you get the profit. So I think it's very, very different. So uh, and unless we embrace the change we want to see, we can always say, well, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. You know, it's always going to be a bit ruthless like that. 
But, you know, I don't think it has to be. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you can also make, and when we talked about this, I remember our podcast years and years ago, ago, it was all around kindness, yeah. right? Because you can be a kind leader. Mm. You can make tough decisions with kindness. That means being honest with someone, yeah. right? Mm. So I think it's about really changing the narrative on how we want to lead in the future. I couldn't couldn't agree more with that. And as you were just talking here, and like I've got a mentor. Um, my mentor saw me. I used to do PT. He was riding his bike along a bridge in Richmond. He goes, do you do PT? I said, not up on the bridge, come down. Anyway, we connected. Now, he's a really high-end corporate executive. He coaches me because I was nice to him and that's how it worked. Jack and myself went to the gym together. We become friends. We started a podcast. I think it's sliding door moments all the time. Do you yes. think back in the day when you were burnout collars, CEO, sports girl, what would have happened if you had not have, you know, needed a coach and you didn't meet Shanna? And yeah. not only that, because I know you were best friends, your husband's uh-huh. the best friends, your kids are all friends. Now yeah. you're running this amazing thing together. You're elevating. You've got this book. Do you ever think about that? What would yeah. it, What could have transpired if you didn't, didn't. do that? Yeah, I, I, I'm very much about sliding yeah, door moments. Yes. Absolutely. I think we have some really pinnacle ones throughout our life. And I had only met Shanna once or twice through my husband because they worked together. Um, my husband was at Triple M and Shanna was at Bolle. So they knew each other and uh, Nick introduced me. And then when I hit burnout, Nick said, I really think you should get, why don't you get a coach? Why don't you reach out to Shanna? And that's how it started. And it was a business relationship. Mm, we yep. would meet, we would do, I would put in the work. Um, and then I said, I really think you should maybe coach some of my executive team, you know, because at the top you only have capacity for certain things. And I wanted to care about them. I wanted to know that their life outside of Sports Girl or Suzanne, that they were okay. And so that was a really great way to get Shanna involved. And then over time, you know, this is, we've known each other now for nearly 20, mm. well, nearly yeah. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Our kids, Macy was one and she's nearly 19, so a long time. So that that business uh, sort of relationship turned into a friendship over time, but it didn't start out as that. You know, mm. we've now travelled the world with our family, our kids, um, and we have this incredible relationship. But that's also interesting because we also have a business together and I think that's the thing that we're really clear on is that we know we're really great friends, mm. but we know what we're good at. We know what we're not good at. We both stay in our own lanes and we have really open, honest, transparent conversations. Mm. So I think that, yes, you can become friends, but if you're in business together, you still have to have a business relationship as well. It's a tricky one. I'll tell you what, business with friends, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny like once it gets to that point because I just thought, you know, I will never have any dramas and everyone's telling, oh, don't go into business with friends. Um, But And, look, we've been pretty lucky. We haven't had any huge, massive blow-ups or whatever, but... Um, you know, having those conversations or disagreements or something comes up and you got to, and it's your mate and he, you know, but you've talked in business, it's, um, it's yeah, changes the relationship, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we were friends first. I started um, this swimwear business with two of my best mates. Mm-hmm. Friends first and then we get into business and then it gets a bit, you know, it can get a bit mm-hmm. funny if you don't have those conversations and get it out there and, the worst thing is sort of holding on to things and holding those grudges and which a lot of people do rather than just having the conversation first. And I think you need to have um, like we we even have a contract together. Mm. You know, what happens when I don't want to do this anymore Mm. or what happens when your child is sick and you can't turn up to a big show or Mm. a big talk? What happens then? What happens to the money? Mm. You know, those awful conversations we actually did before. 
Yeah. And it's all written. It's all in bullet points. So it's like this is what we decided upon and if we're not enjoying it, we close. It's just it's end of story, you know. So I always said I never, I mean, I never in a million years wanted my own business ever. It was just never anything that I wanted to do. And I think... Um, and now, you know, we have uh, this. This actually is quite funny because it started out. Let's do a keynote together and have a little bit of fun, and let's <laughs> go to Sydney and stay yeah. over a few more nights and whatever else. You know, get away. It was our getaway. It was our getaway plan. Yeah, we husbands, did. we're working. Yeah, we yeah. promise. It was. We, we didn't sit down and go. Let's start a business. No, let's start a business. It was like just a let's just have a happened. bit of fun together. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and I think there's only certain people you can also go into business with if they're your friends. And I think this is quite a. And I always said, never go into business with friends. It was mm. kind of one of my mantras, so I've broken the rule. Um, but I, I think we've found the right partnership. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Mm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people say it's actually seamless what you're doing. It mm. doesn't feel – it just feels natural what you're doing and, you know, we can finish each other's sentences even. But mm. um, there's such respect and we have quite different strengths and skills mm. and we don't try and cross over either. Um, but also just care about each other mm. um, at the same time and – it's a business. It's great. We love it, but the friendship comes first, yeah. and, and it's fun. And it's it seems important. like you're having fun, and you yeah. enjoy what oh, you're doing. Oh, if it's not fun, we're yeah. not doing exactly. it. Exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. And we always, we actually, that was our first conversation. If if this ever got too hard, yeah. and we were going on different paths, yeah. let's just give it away yeah. because our friendship is actually the most important thing here. And if we split up, our husbands would have to split up, <laughs> and that would literally be, you know, when you have friends that are, are close, and then they break up, and yeah. you've kind of got two sides. That would yeah. be our whole <laughs> problem. Like, yeah. how do our husbands keep this bromance going and we're not still friends. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't we? So we're never, we're never breaking up. We're just we're stuck together for life. But yeah. we're also um, both two very ultra-driven people who are overachieving A-type perfectionist types of people. But I think when you're in your 50s, there's a different wisdom that comes in as well where you go, we're going to pace ourselves here, but also celebrate. And we find that a lot of young people don't know how to celebrate. Mm. They're afraid. Mm. They're like, oh, my big noting myself if I'm celebrating or something like that. So we actually really are, we put that at the forefront. Let's just celebrate today and we high-five the screen when we're on our Zooms and Mm. really learning to be grateful um, for what we do have and not focus on, you know, the nose that we got or the mm. rejection that we got today, but to just be grateful for what we've got. Yeah, not delaying that gratification. No, that don't delay. Don't a, wait till you get the It's an important book. thing because you, uh, you're the one that's achieved it. Celebrate it. Yeah, like, we'd write one chapter and celebrate. Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, Bloody good like, chapter. <laughs> yeah, 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 we did that. Yeah. But, but don't wait till you just get the thing. It's like really enjoy the journey mm. and I think that – Maybe the wisdom's come in for us mm. to really enjoy the journey mm. every day now, not wait for the big things to happen. Is it is it a bit easier to do that at this stage of your careers? And you've obviously had a fair bit of success and you're probably, you know, I'm assuming here, but quite comfortable and not under huge financial stress or anything mm. like that. Is it easier to sort of have that attitude in business now compared to, you know, when you when you're young and you're grinding and it's like, shit, I need to get if we don't get have a good week here, we're going to be struggling or, um, you know, I always think about that because mm. I totally agree. Like you've got to enjoy the ride and, you know, that's sort of like at, in our business, I'm that person trying to say, look, we've got to have fun, we've got to do this. But and my business partner, he's the numbers, bit, you know. Um, it's a bit like a footy match. Yeah. Right? So if you go and kick a goal and no one comes up and high fives you, mm. why would you put your body on the line to kick the next goal? Yeah. 
So we watch it on sport, how much you have to celebrate the smallest of wins or you took that mark and everyone comes up and and taps you on the back. That propels them to try and lift as a whole team. Mm. So the more that we can pat each other on the back as a team, as friends or whatever, um, we're watching it but people aren't adapting it into their life. So when we talk about ourselves as athletes of life and take those wonderful things that we're seeing from athletes and on the TV and Mm. putting them into our life, we change. Mm. We change a lot. So I think young people can learn by just watching and adapting and thinking about if no one went up to that guy, why the hell would you throw your body out the next time Mm. to do that? So it's a really important thing to try and learn as young people. I think because we're older, the Mm. wisdom's come in. Mm. Yeah, I do think think to what you're saying, it is is much easier at our age now to kind of say, you know, we're kind of pretty comfortable in our own skin and pretty comfortable with where we are in life. And um, so I think we're we're in a different place to where we were, you know, I mean, I was a grinder. Shanna, Shanna was a grinder. You know, I, I and I still have the tendency to do that. Shanna's always saying to me, "Just relax, will you?" Because I I love to work. Right, yeah. I enjoy it. I just get so much satisfaction out of it. So I think we've just become much more comfortable. But for you know, someone in in your position starting a new business, um, yeah, you know, sometimes it it is the grind. Mm. And I think what you said about you know, this is who you are and your business partners. This That's also important is to make sure you've got the yin and mm. the yang. So mm. that sort of balances things out a little bit yeah. more. So, so true. But I think you are where you are because you've grinded. Mm. You know, yeah. like you yes. not, didn't just get to 50 and go, right, we're comfortable now. Now no. I'm going to put myself out there. Oh, no. You know, we know. Like oh, I know you yeah. work like dogs. Yes. So we <laughs> did. Like hard, hard, hard. <laughs> yeah. oh, now, let's relate this back to Elevate because I love this life, leadership, longevity. The book has just come out. <sighs> Tell us about it. Like I know you read it in five days and that's freakish because it's one of the biggest books I've ever seen. But talk about the process because I know when something you are passionate about just flows out. So elevate the book, unlocking your extraordinary potential. What can people expect? We we, we are so passionate about this book, can I tell you? I think the the thing with this book is it has all of Shanna's wisdom, all of my wisdom, all of our experiences, all of our failures, all in one book. And you know, the three pillars are so important. That life pillar, which is a lot of Shanna's wheelhouse, your values, your mindset, um, the leadership pillar, um, which is a big space of mind, your brand, because you are a brand as well, your confidence, your leadership. And then there's a third pillar, which is the longevity pillar. And that's what so many people have forgotten about over the last couple of years, or we haven't taught those skills. How do I do all of this and have this fabulous life, but do it with longevity? Do it without burnout, do it with self-care, do it with celebration. So everything in the book is really our lived experiences under those three pillars. Mm. But I think the other thing too with the book is when you have a look at it and read it, there is space to write your words because we believe elevate that one word can change your life. But we have to actually put pen to paper. You know, when we write something down, we are much more connected to what we've written down. I have this bit of a photographic memory. So when I write it down, I'll never forget it ever, ever, ever. But, you know, if you kind of just have the conversation, it might sort of go in one ear and out the other. So we have to commit to ourselves. We have to write, what am I going to keep doing for a healthy mindset? What am I going to start doing for a healthy mindset? And what am I going to stop doing for a healthy mindset? All my confidence, all my leadership, all my self-care. So the whole premise on this is write down your plan. And that really comes from me being a a CEO with a strategic plan and Shanna putting a plan down for 
athletes, right? You don't get anywhere in life if you haven't got a plan. So this book is about creating your personal plan to elevate your life, your leadership and your longevity. I think it's exactly what I need at the moment. It's out Friday, is it? Did you say? We put the athlete overlay on. So it was like elevating for high performance living, Mm. right? So when you're an athlete, you know that you write all the goals down there up on the wall, you see them every day, you walk into the gym and everything's on the wall and go hard or go home or whatever it might be. So we created these planners that people have to do and you can download them for free on the website um, about, you know, really putting things up on the wall because the, the brain needs a map. And people think about things and go, oh, I'm so inspired and then walk out and put it in the drawer and it's all gone. So we really want that next step, which is put your athlete of life mindset on and get something on the wall, like you've got your vulnerability wall yeah. and your celebration wall and your gratitude wall. Let's put the wall on the wall, you, your plan, about all the things you're going to stop doing that just are not working for you mm. at the moment. And what do you want to start doing? Because when the brain sees it every single day, it's reminded, I wrote that for a reason. Mm. So we've really taken all of the elements that we think have worked in life, in high performance, in leadership, in life skills, in wellness skills, in you know high-performing elite athlete skills and put them into one thing that is so bullet-pointed for you mm. and easy to digest um, to just elevate every year of your life. Like we're still elevating. We're in our 50s. We want to be better in our 60s and our mm. 70s and all of those kind of things. How uh, how much, well, I guess it's an interesting little period right now, I've just did Sober October, felt incredible. I was on fire, sharp. Last weekend I've had a little just fallen off the perch again and, <laughs> and had a nice big bender at the races. And, <laughs> so, and it's just funny, you know, when I was younger, drinking and part like easy, no worries, you can just get through it. And the older I get, it sort of, I notice it just affects my life a lot more as I, yeah. as I'm getting older. But then I still can't. I love it and I love yeah. socialising and all the rest of it. Is that something that you you know with coaching and does it have a big impact on, you know, on your output, who you are? I guess if health is one of your biggest things, it's hard because. On one hand, I feel like it's a great social thing and certainly in the industry trying to meet people and connect and it helps a little bit with that. But then if it, you know, if it can get, if it's too much, it can have a big negative impact, I find. It's called embrace the pace, Mm. right? So you're running the marathon of life and you know when you're in a marathon, if you sprint too hard, well, you cramp up and, you know, you can't do the next 5Ks well. You've got to find your pace. Mm. And sometimes you'll sprint a bit and sometimes you'll have to recover a bit. But if you can learn to pace life, you won't burn out. Mm. You know, you you won't do too many crazy, stupid things, but you will occasionally. You will occasionally. We all do, right? We we have. Let me tell you, we have too. Um, And that's all part of life and that's fun. So you want spontaneity and you want to be able to go to the races and have a big day or whatever you want to do. But you have to learn about what your pace is. And also how you recover. And when you put your athlete hat on, which you know so well, um, I think you, you can relate everything back to that easily mm. for yourself. And yeah. I think it's also about, you know, there are going to be times where you're on the, the on the wagon and then you fall off the wagon. And that's okay. Mm. We're human. You know, we're not perfect, any of us. And I think the big thing is just reset. 
just because I ate a whole packet of Tim Tams on the couch, not that I do that because I don't eat Tim Tams, I but would. if you do, it doesn't I mean would. that, you know, oh, that's my whole life's over. You know, yeah. that's okay. I'll do a reset and I'll make sure I don't eat a whole packet of Tim Tams on the couch tomorrow. Yeah. Whatever it might be. I think sometimes we can fall off the bandwagon and go, I've just ruined everything. Yeah. Life's over. Or, you know, or that's extremism. Okay. Extremism, yeah. So just learn to reset and go, it's okay. I fell off. You know, maybe I did a bit of dumb shit. I've got kids that do dumb shit all the, all the yeah. time, right? My, my son's like a lot like you. He, he has a big big night and he goes into a four-day fog, yeah. right? He's out for four days. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. I know in four days he's going to reset. Just breathe through it. Uh, so just reset, you know? It's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's in the past. Oh, move on and... It's so but, true though. Like everything, you, it's you the way we talk. You can't play in extremes, yeah. right? Yeah. You can't yeah. play in extremes and you can't be mad at yourself, mm. right? So what would you say to your best friend Mm. who's had an extreme incident, like a full bender or whatever it might be, it's like, okay, well, just go and take care of yourself. Just yeah. go and recover. Yeah. You'll be fine. You don't have to crucify yourself and, mm. and talk badly about yourself or mm. to yourself. So I think it's about, yeah, just pace, yep. pace and kindness. Yep. Like what we said, you can't be kind to anyone else until you're kind, kind to, to the person you see in the mirror. Yes. And it comes exactly the same when you make a mistake, get on with it. Yep. Be kind to yourself and I love that. Now, where can we get the book? Where can we book you for a talk? Where can we book to go Japan? You've been to Italy hiking. Bloody looks know. amazing. Oh, I know. Talk about going hiking in a really cool place. They are some epic places. Well, we don't even get really to talk about that much. But is this where can we what's this like a bit is this where you do you part take part of the business? We're yeah. we're 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 doing our bucket list. Oh my well, goodness. Well we both love walking. We've always walked together um, because we live so close together. We used to just go on walks together. And when you're walking, you become very creative. Mm. You have unbelievable conversation instead of just sitting in a cafe. So mm. we always walked, we always talked, and that's how the business was born, walking. And um, I've always had these bucket list items and I said, why don't we walk the world and take people and we'll coach them while we're walking and tick off the bucket list at the same time. So we've just brought that into the business and we've done Camino, we've done Japan. Next year it's Camino and then we do Italy and Tuscany and, you know, we're just having a great time really. But it's all about high performance and elevating. But everything is on our website which is humanelevation.com.au. The free planners are there as well. Um, and I think, you know, there's Instagram, there's All Human Elevation or Shanna Kennedy and Colleen Callender. Um, it's, it's about going in there and having a little bit of a look mm. around because there's a lot on offer. I love that. And I think, uh, like you just said, particularly when you're having conversations with somebody, and I talk about this a lot, go for a 20-minute walk every day without mm. a device because mm. that's when you're, you allow your brain to be creative. When you're creative, cool stuff happens. Yes. Um, but more importantly, when you go into bucket list ticking items with mm. people that are on the same mission of yourself, I bet the people you're walking with are not saying that you two aren't amazing, but they'd learn from each other. You're just creating that space that allows that to occur. We just had the most amazing walk. I think we got back from Japan about three or four weeks ago. We had 10 incredible women and we walked from Tokyo to Kyoto and through the villages, which you wouldn't do if you go to Japan. You'd go to the big cities essentially. So we had these 10 extraordinary women. None of them knew each other or maybe a couple came together and the camaraderie and the conversations and the support and the advice that happens throughout that seven-day walk, these women come off the track, um, one, having much more self-awareness about themselves and having a very clear plan on how they want to elevate, 
but two, they've made these new friends and learned from each other and they will be friends for life. Mm, yeah. It is incredible what happens when you walk and take that time out for yourself. So, um, yeah, we would, I mean, we just, it is the most rewarding thing to do for us mm. to walk and coach and we teach all of the topics out of Elevate or some of them as we walk. Um, we do sessions in the morning, sessions in the evening, but it actually doesn't become about us teaching. It becomes about a group of women sharing and learning from each other. And that's a really, that's really a privilege for us to be able mm. to be welcomed into that space and into other people's lives and be able to make a difference. And it keeps mm. us fit, you know, the walks are, you know, 25k <laughs> a day. Yeah. So yeah. we do 25k every day for seven days. And that's awesome we for us awesome. too. We feel yeah. awesome. We love it. Well, I absolutely love that. Now, for everybody listening in the show notes, I'll have links for knowing the new book website where you can check it all out. And Shanna and Cole, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know we talked about so many different things, but I think it's so pleasing to get two inspirational people now elevating together. I think that's really powerful. And if anyone's taken anything away from today, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, where you are in life, it is always the right time to start and you only know by starting. And I think hopefully that's probably been one of the underlying messages. Um, and I know that if there's two examples of that, um, and I know you're very, very humble, but you are doing what you're doing now because you have taken those risks and you have allowed that to happen over a long time. Um, and now you're on a different mission, different impact. So congratulations on everything, the new book, the new mission together, um, and really appreciate having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for both of you. It's been an absolute delight uh, being here talking with you. And Thank you also just for creating this amazing space for people to be able to share, connect, learn, listen, grow. Um, Dale, you've been doing this for a long time. You're an absolute, you're amazing. And your energy, as I said at the start, it just never wavers. I'm not sure whether it does at any point when the cameras are off. I haven't seen it yet. Um, and, and I just think this is, you know, like we're two women collaborating. Yeah. And that's really important that we can collaborate with other people. There's two of you now collaborating mm. and, mm. and sharing your journeys with people. And I just think it's a fantastic space that you've created. So thank you mm. for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Colin. Yeah, Thanks, awesome. ladies. Outstanding.